The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Alrighty. Well, Kat, what happened was... What had happened was her. Okay, I'm sorry that I keep. Call, I'm sorry. I'm used to calling her. It's fine. I'm it's sorry. Fine. I can't. I can't help it. I know it's hard. I, I, it's hard. Starting about now, she's going to become a significantly different person. Like I think it sort of starts with the first prank with Sirius. Maya and Hermione are very different people. Think pre-Jimmy me. And post-Jimmy me. Okay. Very different people. Except, like, complete opposite directions. But, yeah, very different people. Okay. Yeah. I, I get okay. that. And it also doesn't really help because they've been playing the movies again all day. So, it's like... <laughs> and then, well, I was on Instagram before we started doing this. And I saw the phonetically thing. The her, my... So, it's, like, in my head. Oh, but yeah. anyways. So... Totally understandable. Oh, wait. Real quick. Do you know what today is? Today, the day we're recording, not Fire Whiskey Friday. Well, I'm having trouble remembering what day it is in general these days, but... Uh, yeah, preach. <laughs> preach. Oh, my God. Especially it, days have lost all sense of meaning. But um, today is the incomparable, the esteemable, the brilliant, the woman fighting for justice, Emma Watson's birthday. Woohoo! I would say, but we have to pay for that. <laughs> happy birthday is actually no longer copyrighted. Really? Fun fact, happy birthday used to be copyrighted, which is why all of the restaurants had the happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey! Yeah, that's the reason why restaurants could not sing happy birthday. It was copyrighted up until like very recently, but it is no longer under copyright. I did so not know that. Suck it. Hey, I said it this time. Ha! Anyway. Yes. So, happy birthday, Emma Watson. Our birthday gift is not singing. Because <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of it in this chapter. Anyway, Kat, what had happened last chapter was... Maya. Yes. Jesus, I almost called her Mia again. <laughs> Sorry, I, now that I got the Disney Plus, I watched freaking Princess Diaries the other oh, day. So, it's it like, so it's in my head too. Anyways, so, what had happened was, is... Maya. Mm-hmm. I would have to write that on a post-it on my booth. It's like just her name is Maya. It's spelled the way Maya is normally spelled, so I remember that. The, okay. Anyways, what had happened was so Maya gotta say it with my eyes closed. Apparently, um, <laughs> played a prank on the Slytherins and hid their door to their dormitory, and that was hilarious. And then Sirius had an accident because Narcissa like magically fell from the quidditch stand 
they yes oh they yeah, stand what, better word whatever stand bleacher thingy and um he broke some ribs and he was having a mouth of a sailor and um yeah yeah and uh the running theory currently is that lucius cast the imperious on narcissa and made her jump because she wasn't being an obedient little purebred fiance and yeah uh, exactly she's doing the friends thing with the double fist Ooh, that's an inappropriate <laughs> anyway she does like the fist pounding okay not making it any better we're just gonna stop y'all know what i'm talking about she's doing the ross anyway I broke cat. Cat's dying. It's fine. <coughs> anyway, um, we did get a, a funny post from Shia saying that her husband had been listening to the podcast with her. And when Sirius mouths off and does all of his cussing and uh, uh, I almost said Professor Pomfrey, Madam Pomfrey, when he does his whole thing, apparently at the end of it, uh, Madam Pomfrey goes, are you quite done? And then he kind of looks at her sheepishly, and right before I say it in the podcast, Shia's husband goes, tits. And then I said, tits. And <laughs> Shia was like, do you really remember that line after this many years? And he's like, well, he already went through all the other cuss words. That was the only one left. That's what I would have said. And for those of you who don't know, Shia's husband was the real life inspiration for Sirius Black. So... Um, a lot of lines that Sirius says are actually inspired by Shia's real life husband, who we love because he's awesome. But anyway, so all of that happened. Uh, the Marauder, uh, Maya yells at him for hurting himself. And then the rest of the Marauders are like, yo, bro, you good? And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm good. And they had like a bro moment. Oh, and then it finishes with Sirius mentioning, oh, that reminds me. Maya mentioned the word map during that prank, and it got me thinking. Oh, crap. So, I totally forgot about that because yeah. the Marauders created that. Again, I, that's part of why this story is so wonderful. Maya is the impetus for so many things that we love about the Marauders era. The two stories just integrate so freaking well. I love it. Anyway. And I still don't get it. she's literally just remus gave her a second chance at having a childhood she is having a normal not voldemort filled childhood and it's nice no trolls in the dungeon no snakes in the pipes i mean maybe later but this morning sorry last night (laughs) yeah well i only get at the moment but that's no. fine the chicken Keep little was on <laughs> <laughs> and scene god i hope our parents don't listen to this anyway well uh, Grey's one... anatomy was on but it was the episode that somebody really really likes so i had to turn it off and switch it because <laughs> you can't concentrate because he likes the one you know in like season six where April doesn't check the throat and kills the lady because she didn't check. He <gasps> loves that episode. episode. For some reason, that's like number one episode. I don't get it, but it's number I don't, I don't know. I don't get, get it. it. Yeah, I think I'm still in like season two or three. But anyway, 
This chapter, chapter 28, does actually have a author's note. It says, this is one of the shorter chapters, but one of my favorite to write, and I really wanted to showcase early developments of relationships and flirting, and I found myself digging through an old collection of hit songs from the 1970, er, from 1970 to 1973. I'm a person who is easily affected by music, so I decided that my end series would be two, as you'll see. Now, I intended to do homework on this chapter before we got to this chapter, but I did not realize that the chapter that I was going to do the homework for was this chapter, so I did not do the homework. So, if I know the song, I will sing it. If I don't know the song, I will just say it, and I apologize if you like that song, and we'll figure out a way to make it up to you. But. Well, there's always a good chance I might know it. That is true. That is very true. Chapter 28 just scars july 17th 1973 so summer break after second year before third year so they're all 13. the summer before their third year at hogwarts was filled with something maya had not been familiar with until recently fun sirius had recovered from what would officially be labeled a quidditch injury Despite Narcissa's insistence that Lucius was not behind her accident, Sirius caused a scene in the Great Hall on the last day of school by punching Malfoy in the face and earning himself a month's worth of detention come the following September. His last words to his cousin before he was pulled off her fiancé were, You owe me a life debt, Narcissa Black. Why is that important? Because if you break a life debt, you die. Because if you have a life debt, you can call it in. Which is, so if, say I save your life, you now owe me a life debt. If I need something from you, I can call in that life debt and you have to do what I say. Magic binds us. So when Sirius was in Malfoy Manor and he wanted to be let go, yeah, he called in the life debt. Yeah, that's not why I'm making that face. Oh. Damn it, I got so excited. No. I thought you connected the dots. No. Why are you making that face? Is that why in the uh the beginning of whatever the movie when Dumbledore dies when Snape like promises Malfoy's mom or whoever that is that he'll do what Malfoy was supposed to do or whatever? Is that the same thing? Similar. So that is an unbreakable vow. That is something that two people enter willingly. And obviously you have the two people who are holding the hands and then you have a third person who casts it. And if you break an unbreakable vow, you die. Oh, so it's like marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in the 1700s. Um, Well, nowadays, unless you're Carol Baskin, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, who needs divorce when you have sardine oil and a tiger? Anyway. Um, Dude, I just saw a post that I don't know if this is real, but somebody found something that supposedly she posted with her new husband. And it says, I cannot wait to spend the rest of his life with him. And somebody highlighted his life. Like, <laughs> uh, I heard they reopened the case into her dead husband. Yeah, and um, one of the those channels, like Oxygen or ID or whatever, is going to do a whole show on it. Yeah. And by the way, also, that Joe McHale thing was crap. I did not like that at no, all. No, it was ter- I I was so excited. It was pretty, like, mm. Yeah, some people really liked it, and I'm glad you did. It was not what I was hoping for, though I do currently love Joel McHale more than I normally do because I'm watching Community for the first time. 
and Dr. Ken Jung is fan freaking tastic, and I love him even more now. Yeah, but, Audrey's watching it too. She's like, "This show is so racist." I'm like, "It's so fucking racist." Oh my god, there's so many things wrong with that show, but there are also a lot of things right. Um, it's weird how much the world has changed in ten years. But yeah, because like I'm watching Boy Meets World, and I'm like, "You could not get away with that today." Like, Jesus, Dude, the early episodes of The Office. I'm like, friends. Yeah, holy right. shit, friends. Like, I can't even watch the show anymore. It's so cringy. Oh my god. Anyway, we digress. Anyway, dead of time. New sticker coming out soon. Just need somebody to design it. What, Jackie? Um, <laughs> called you out on the radio now everybody knows and you also posted on a facebook status so yeah so now you have to do it it's your unbreakable vow to us you've made an unbreakable vow it's on the internet forever yeah we know where you live we will find you we won't kill you but we will find you i don't know why i did that <laughs> i just felt appropriate isn't that That's a spongebob it. thing <laughs> yeah when he's a caveman and he attacks people <laughs> no i was one no i was watching ellen's game of games and she does this thing where you have to be back to back and hold hands and you get blindfolded and you have to put your face in food and describe it to the other person <gasps> yes so these two guys were playing and they just graduated high school so there's a pineapple on the table and the guy like is like trying to bite into it he goes spongebob lives here and the guy's like pineapple and i'm like genius brilliant of course you would say that because you're like 18 and that's the only way you can describe a pineapple beautiful i actually that's very clever anyway dead of time Okay, so the that's not what this is because you don't die. Okay. Yeah. No, you essentially you when somebody calls it in, it's like a compulsion. You have to do it. Like if you don't, you will literally be like dropped to your knees, can't breathe. Like if I Oh, so have it's a like life... when you have O C D and you have to like flick the light switch like five times or something, like you have to do it. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a compulsion. Okay. So um july 17th 1973 the summer before their third year at hogwarts was filled with something maya had not been familiar with until recently fun oh right i read that already yes you did we ended with you owe me a life debt narcissa black yes sirius arrived at potter manor after what could have what could not have been more than three hours alone with his family he boasted that all it had taken for Walburga to let him leave was threatening to owl the Daily Prophet and provide them with an exclusive interview about how the newly infamous Sirius Black came to his cousin's rescue while her fiancé was missing in action. He promised he would be sure to include a detailed description of what it felt like to be a hero and that he had already forgiven Lucius Malfoy for not even bothering to say thank you. Several derogatory terms were thrown at him, as well as a large antique vase, before he jumped into the fireplace and vanished over to Potter Manor, where he had taken up residence in a guest room for the rest of the summer. It was not until Maya grew... Oh, God, sorry. I got, like, chills because of my earbud. Hold on. Gotta clean that off. Uh... I need your headphones. Amazon. I know. I got some from Amazon. They didn't seal right and everybody heard you talking through my headphones and it was terrible need better pair anyway um 
It was not until Maya grew bored enough to go searching for the boys in late July that she stumbled upon them taking a break from one, uh, from one of what was probably a 12-game Quidditch series. James had taken Sirius through the large orchards and come out on the other side of a winding river that cut through the edge of the property line. It was secluded and beautiful, and Maya cursed herself for not exploring the grounds earlier. She had thought to ask James why he had never shown her the river before, but Sirius was there, and it would look suspicious if Maya, who supposedly lived at Potter Manor her entire life, didn't know where their land ended. Determined to make up for lost time, and last year, when she had spent the entire hot summer sweating inside, Maya asked their parents if they could have friends over to go swimming. James and Sirius were thrilled with the idea, but Maya was not happy with their planning. Peter's birthday is this Friday. We should have him over for a party, James said excitedly. Sirius appeared eager to join in on the idea of surprising their friend. Maya had snapped out a quick, no. Why not? James asked. I can't this Friday, she said, before coming up with the worst excuse ever, knowing it would put an immediate end to the argument. She forced a blush across her face to appear embarrassed. Girl stuff. Both boys nodded quickly, awkwardly, avoiding her gaze. Maya smirked at them and rolled her eyes. How about the Tuesday after that? Why then? Sirius asked. I don't know. It just feels like a good day to be with family and friends. To celebrate. She smiled and walked away. Fine. Fire call your friends and tell them to be here July 31st, James called after her. A full minute later, he shouted, and make sure to invite Evans. She's gone, mate. Sirius said with a chuckle, picking a splinter out of his hand and cursing himself for deciding not to wear gloves when flying. He made a mental note to try and sneak back over to Grimmauld Place before school started up again so he could steal something worth selling in Nocturne Alley for enough galleons to get a new broom. James stared off into space where his sister had disappeared, his jaw slack. Do you... do you think Evans will come? Sirius smirked, waggling his eyebrows. You think they'll wear bikinis like my motorcycle girls? He looked in the same direction that James was, where Maya had gone. She'd always been small and skinny, but the years had been good to the girl. Of course, Sirius had always found her eyes to be appealing. The color of chocolate. She was pretty when she laughed, and even more when she was angry, especially with him. Her cheeks reddened and her hair sparked. One morning, a few weeks into summer holiday, he woke up from a dream with the thought of burying his fingers into her mess of curls. He blamed the motorcycle magazines for putting thoughts into his head. Not that it mattered, as he refused to stop reading them. Maya's looking fit, he muttered out this, uh, out the side of a grin as he recalled the way her blouse fit just a bit better than it had a few months ago. He was completely distracted by his vivid Im- imagination until something hard hit him on the side of the head. Ow! My sister is not fit, James snapped, and she's certainly not going to wear a bloody bikini. That's a muggle thing. Sirius laughed, but immediately pretended to be somber. Evans is a muggle-born. Maybe she'll wear one. His laugh returned when James' face paled, the blood presumably traveling to points further south. Hypocrite. July 31st, 1973. Why is July 31st important? Because that's when we'll be at LeakyCon this year, hopefully. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. But it is important to one of the characters in Harry Potter. Oh, is that Harry's birthday? It's Harry's birthday. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner, guys. 
July 31st, 1973. I can't believe you bought that, Maya laughed as she, Alice, and Lily sat on her bed at the manor. On the other side of the room, Mary grinned, hands on her hips, wearing her brand new pinstriped bikini. Alice gaped at it, tilting her head to the side, her cheeks pink. Where'd you even get it? Muggle part of France, Mary said, without any hint of modesty or shame, adjusting her cleavage. You think Sirius will like it? Maya seethed visibly. All the girls swiveled to look at her as her face turned crimson. Mary beamed excitedly. You fancy Sirius? I do not. It's all right, Mary laughed. Look at the boy. He's bloody perfection. Lily rolled her eyes, pulling her hair over her shoulder to secure it in a long plate. Do not tell him that. His head is big enough as it is. Maya, how come you never told us you liked Sirius? Maya watched as Lily wrapped her arms around her own pink one-piece swimming costume. She knew that her friend was feeling awkward and uncomfortable considering James had already been staring at her that morning, and that was before she had exposed so much skin. Though not nearly as much as Mary. Maya had needed to send several hours hours, owls back and forth to Lily to convince her to come, all with the promise that she would be able to keep James under control. I didn't say anything because there's nothing to say. Maya walked into her bathroom, leaving the door cracked a touch as she fumbled her way into the black, solid black swimming costume. She glared at herself in the mirror, frustrated that, just when she thought she'd gotten over her awkward stage of life, she'd been thrown back in time to relive the experience. Her hips were bony, her stomach still held a tiny bit of baby fat, her breasts were in the awkward in-between sizes stage that made her hate every shirt she owned. I wish my hips were bony. No, I don't. Jimmy complained. What? No, that one time back in like 2018 when I dropped all that weight, Jimmy was like, can you, can you please stop? It, it's uncomfortable to hug you. And I'm like, okay, I'll stop. Oh, I thought you were going to say he needs somebody to hold on to and it was too like. What? It's my husband, bitch. Don't talk about him like that. He's a respectable man. Yeah, uh uh-huh. He knows I know things. He's not respectable. <laughs> He's reasonably respectable. I know. Anyhow. I was kidding. It's fine. <laughs> Nobody cares. We're young and shouldn't be concentrating on boys right now, she said with a glower as she walked out of the room, pushing the door open for Alice, who entered it to change. Mary shrugged, fixing her blonde hair up in a high ponytail. Why not? They look at us all the time. I say it's only fair that we look right back. Yeah. Look at- it's like yeah, that girl. it's like that part in PS I love you and Lisa Kudrow's like, I am sick of guys looking at my chest and not shaking my hand so I can look at a guy with vulgar cheap appreciation. <laughs> Preach. Um, they look at you, Maya corrected. Oh, they look at you too, lovely. I caught Adrian Abbott trying to look down your blouse last year in potions. Maya's eyes widened. That's disgusting. He's a Slytherin. Mary's smile remained in place. He's also fit. Lily rolled her eyes. 
You think everyone's fit. I appreciate beauty, Mary said with a sigh, as though she were reflecting on the great wonders of the world. Maya met Lily's eyes and they shared a laugh. So, fine, you don't fancy serious. That means you wouldn't mind if I snogged him today. Maya paled and her fists clenched tight as she felt the emptiness inside of her fill with something boiling hot. She tried to tell Mary to have at it and that Sirius was as good as hers if she wanted, but the words would not come out. Mary immediately took notice, gesturing in amusement. See? Fine, fine. Sirius is off limits. All of my boys are off limits, Maya clarified a strange sense of possession coming over her. Visions of Lavender Brown eating Ron's face and Cho Chang breaking Harry's heart came to her. She shook her head. Not this time. Mary laughed, jumping on the bed so hard that she knocked Lily off the edge. You can't keep them all to yourself. Fine, Lily can have James, Maya agreed, and Lily scrambled off of the floor looking at her furiously. Maya only smirked in reply, but refused to take back the announcement. Alice lacks James, Mary pointed out. Alice can have Frank, Maya insisted, folding her arms over her chest defiantly. Both Mary and Lily giggled. What? Tell me they're not perfect for each other, and I'll take it back. Lily raised a brow after genuinely thinking about it for a minute. Wow, they really are. Who's really what? Alice asked when she walked out of the bathroom, wearing a flower-covered swimming costume. You and Frank, perfect for one another, Mary answered. Suddenly, Alice blushed to the tips of her toes, and she covered her mouth. How did you know? Mary's eyes widened with the greed of a girl who breathed gossip as easily as oxygen. How did we know what, little Miss Brown? Alice shook her head and made a run for it, but Mary was too quick and tackled her to the ground, straddling her waist and pinning her arms down beside her head, thus preventing Alice from hiding the blush that crept over her cheeks and the silly grin forming on her face. No way you're getting away. (laughs) You've got a secret, and I will find out or die trying. I kissed him, Alice finally blurted out, and the other three girls gasped. How about that? Mary sat back on Alice's legs and smiled slyly. Frank Longbottom, you dirty boy. Who knew? There you have it, Lils. Our little Alice is all grown up and over James Potter. He's all yours. I do not want Potter, Lily screeched loudly. If I fancied anyone, which I don't, it would probably be Remus. Mary grinned as Maya's jaw visibly tightened. Like I said... Maya twitched her nose as she spoke. My boys are off limits. What about the rest of us? Mary laughed, finally moving off of Alice and letting her up. Are we to die as old spinster witches, just us and our kneesles? Maya couldn't help but give in to Mary's beautiful smile. Fine. You can have Peter. Mary shrieked in horror, and all the girls laughed. Ew, I don't want Pettigrew. He's always just staring at me in charms. So, Sirius said smugly as he re-entered James's bedroom, where the boys had been changing into their swim trunks. The sounds were a little bit muffled, but from what I gathered is that Evan still hates James, but might fancy Remus, except she says she doesn't want to fancy anyone. Brown used to fancy James, but apparently Frank here failed to mention that he snogged the bird. 
She kissed me, Frank yelled, as if defending himself as his face turned beet red. Good on you, mate, Sirius winked and continued with a grin. McDonald wants me. Badly, too, I'm guessing, he said, as though that were obvious. But Maya is hopefully in love with me and determined to become the next Lady Black. James, are you going to be my best man? That's my sister, James grunted, throwing a punch to Sirius's shoulder that was easily dodged. I'm just taking the piss out of you, Sirius said with a laugh. Maya wants Remus, too. Remus's eyes widened. What? You're lying! Stop talking about my sister, James yelled. Sirius walked into James's bathroom, leaving the door open as he stood in front of the mirror to run his fingers through his hair, making sure his tousled look was perfect and did not resemble James's mess in the slightest. I think it's only fair seeing that she was talking about us. Get over it, mate. We've got bigger things to worry about. Like what? James narrowed his eyes. Like beating the shit out of Adrian Abbott when we get back to school. Do I want to know? James asked with a sigh, hanging his head in his hands. Sirius sucked in a breath, thought about not telling him, but decided against that plan of action. It has to do with your sister's tits. Looking ill, James muttered, My sister doesn't have tits, under his breath. They say anything about me? Peter asked from the corner of the room. Sirius frowned, remembering Mary's shriek. He made a mental note to talk to his friend about how to actually speak to girls instead of shadowing them like a creep. Sorry, Pete. Bad luck. Twenty minutes later, the nine teenagers were at the river, half already in the water, taking advantage of the perfect weather. It took picturing Cormac McLagan in order to keep the blush off of Maya's cheeks as the boys made their way through the orchard, shirtless. The other girls had not been so successful at hiding their looks of approval, though Lily had taken the high road by turning away and hiding her face entirely. James spent his time diving off of tree branches into the deeper parts of the river, doing backflips and cannonballs, each time surfacing in Lily's direction, only to be disappointed that she was not looking at him. Frank and Alice were on the other side of the bank quietly talking, and Maya could not help but smile when she watched her friend reach for Frank's hand and lace their fingers together innocently. Remus was curled up beneath the giant oak, book in hand, occasionally looking over to watch while Peter failed to keep Mary's attention as he told her the story about how he successfully brewed a shrinking solution, even though it was a third-year potion. Mary sent Maya a look that said she would rather hear that he could perform an enlargement charm. (laughs) Talking about his dick. Yeah, I kind of got that. But is it kind of like the pill where it's like, if this spell does not wear off after four hours, go see Madame Pomfrey. I mean, real questions here. How many times did Madame Pomfrey see that in the hospital wing? How many people cast Engorgio on things that should not have been Engorgioed? Yeah. Skin only stretches so far, friends. Yeah. If you want to see just how much, watch a little show called Botched. <laughs> I can't. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, I love it, especially like the after. Like, it's like you went from that to that. That's amazing. Yikes. Um, 
Also, shameless plug, I am no longer a part of drunk medical stories, but I was at the beginning and we did a great episode on plastic surgery. So if you guys like medical podcasts, check out Drunk Medical Stories. My co-host, my former co-host, Terry, still runs it and it's a great little podcast. Anyhow, um, this, Lily said, interrupting Maya and Mary's silent conversation with a bright smile, is called a Oh, shit. I was talking out of the wrong side of my mouth. This, Lily said, interrupting Maya and Mary's silent conversation with a bright smile, is called a transistor radio. Her green eyes lit up the same way Harry's always did when talking about Quidditch, or the way Sirius looked when plotting a devious prank. Maya watched with an amused expression on her face while Sirius sat down and grinned at the redhead, his arms folded across his chest. It's a portable device that muggles use to listen to music. Lily glanced between Sirius and Maya, and her smile fell. And, and you've got magic versions, don't you? Yes, Maya admitted with a chuckle. But do go on, Sirius encouraged her. Tell me about this thing called music, he said sarcastically. What is music? Lily glared at him. You're good fun, Evans. Sirius smirked as Lily shook her head, though she failed to keep a grin off of her face as she stormed away from them, rescuing Mary from Peter's stories. Turning the radio on, Sirius's amused smile turned genuine. Muggles are awesome. Have you listened to muggle music? Maya asked. Yes, Sirius said, fidgeting with the knobs and buttons. Used to sneak into muggle London when Walburga took me to Diagon Alley. There was a record store I would hide out in. I never knew that, Maya said with a bright smile, because I just told you. Oh, bugger this, he said in a frustrated voice, and reached for his wand, touching the top of the radio that was previously playing static, but, with a little magic, suddenly began playing loud muggle music clear as day. Lean on me when you're not strong. Maya beamed recalling listening to this song on a tape that her muggle mother made for her, unaware that most electronic devices would not work around magic, but especially at Hogwarts. I love this song. Actually kind of reminds me of you, Sirius. Lily gasped, looking back at Sirius. You're not supposed to use magic outside of school! Everyone else chuckled sweetly at her, which only made her angrier. Maya turned and smiled at her friend. It's more to do with keeping the international statute of secrecy than it is underage magic thing. The ministry isn't tracking specific wands or wizards, but the presence of magic in general. When a muggle-born is at home, there's a higher chance of random muggles that aren't aware of magic stumbling upon the secret if children are just randomly twirling their wands about. However, in magical households, magic is constantly flowing, and the ministry likes to leave it up to the parents to make sure that the children aren't using their wands outside of Hogwarts. And this is canonically accurate. Why do we know this? Because when you watch the movie, they tell you that. And also because in that one movie where Harry had to make the Dementors stop eating Dudley's face, he got that thing that was like, you have used magic outside of school. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. So right track wrong movie so harry actually did use his wand in that instance in the second movie dobby uses magic and as a result harry gets pinged because it wasn't sensing his wand because he didn't use his wand to drop a cake on that woman's head dobby did 
But because there was magic in a house that was supposed to be non-magical, it pinged the Ministry of Magic. Ooh, sorry, hiccups. And Harry got pinged with underage magic, even though he technically didn't do anything. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, Dobby. Yeah. Also, the thing with Harry blowing up his aunt in the third movie, which, again, wandless. So, they're tracking more magical use in muggle households. Uh, Lily's mouth had dropped open in shock, but before she had a chance to ask more questions or to retort about the unfairness to Muggleborns, Sirius turned the radio up, drowning out her protest. Ah, uh, crap, I can't remember how this part of the song goes. Please swallow your pride. Crap, yeah, no, I'm wrong. I don't know. If I have things you need... To borrow. I'm pretty sure that was like not the melody that went with that part of the line, but whatever. Sirius scoffed. I didn't even know that pride. line was part of that song, and I know that song. Yeah, same. Uh, Sirius scoffed. Swallow my pride. This reminds you of me? Unlikely, kitten. But since we're apparently making song dedications, he said, with a devious grin, and the radio glowed purple with the, when the tip of his wand touched it. Let's get it on. Absolutely not, Maya scowled and tapped the wand, her wand on the top of the radio, letting the song change once more. Yeah, this is one of the songs that I don't know. Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. I'm sorry, guys. Maya laughed. That's better. Already on my way there, Sirius grinned darkly down at her and touched the radio again with his wand. Again, don't know this one. Touch me in the morning and then just walk away. Uh-huh. No, thank Maya you. <laughs> Maya scowled, folding her arms across her chest. You're doing this on purpose. Am I? Is there a problem, Miss Potter? Maya tapped the radio again. Again, don't know this song. And they call it Puppy Love. Yeah. Do you know you that You should one? know that song. How does it go? It was in Love Actually when they were talking about the DJ, worst DJ ever, when they call it Puppy Love. Oh, God. Yeah, remember that? Worst DJ ever and all depends on the next song. That's that song, I think. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Need to listen to that soundtrack again. Um, She burst into hysterical laughter, loud enough that everyone turned and gaped at her. Sirius stood by an amused expression on his face as he tried to understand what exactly was so bloody funny. You know what she's laughing at, right? Uh, because he's a wolf, so it's puppy. (laughs) Dog. Dog, but yes. Yes. Uh, Maya continued to chuckle, tipping over and holding her side tightly until Sirius charmed the song again. Do you know this one? No. Me neither. You'll be the queen of my highway, my motorcycle mama. Maya rolled her eyes, charming the radio. You don't know this song? Are you kidding me? I'm letting, I'm let, I'm giving you an in here. Oh, okay. I thought you seriously didn't know this. I was like, what is the matter with you? No, I know the song. I just can't think of the melody right You're now. You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. Don't, don't you? Don't you? Don't. Oh, God. Yeah, I just know that part. Are you too, oh, <clears throat> are you too done doing, 
Whatever it is you're doing, Mary asked from the riverbank, where she and Lily were lying out on their towels, sunglasses resting on their eyes. Fighting, Maya asked. Sirius chuckled quietly. Foreplay. Just leave the music on for more than five seconds, Lily snapped. Fine, but not this song. She doesn't get to win. Sirius grinned at Maya and tapped the radio once more. Hold on. And there he was, this young boy, a stranger to my eyes. Maya frowned. If he was still playing the game, it suddenly was not so much fun anymore. She had known this serious for over two years. Still, whenever she looked into those beautiful gray eyes, all she could think of were the equally beautiful gray eyes of a man somewhere far in the future, hopefully waiting for her. She looked away from him, something that was difficult to do since he refused to stop staring at her or step out of her personal bubble. Strumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words, killing me softly with his song. What's wrong, kitten? Sirius asked. Weren't you just smiling two seconds ago? Want me to go tell MacDonald and Evans to piss off and let us have our fun? He grinned and reached out, tucking a strand of hair behind her ear. I felt all flushed. Oh, God, that was so fucking tone deaf. Hold on. I have both earbuds in, so I can't fucking hear. I felt all flushed with fever, embarrassed by the crowd. I'm fine, Sirius, she lied. Just distracted. Thinking about school, it's only another month away, and I'm going to miss this, she gestured to the river in the orchard. It's nice to be outside without worrying about everyone else, my own little private world where everyone I want to stay safe stays safe. You worry too much, love, Sirius said and leant back, dropping his head into her lap like he always did. Despite the fact that the action was as innocent as it has always been, she wore nothing more than a swimming costume and was suddenly very well aware of how fast her heart was beating. You bloody well need to relax, woman. The world's not going to end just because we leave your little safety bubble. Sirius pouted when she had not started petting him, reaching up and putting her hand on his head in silent demand that she play with his hair. Crap, I can't remember how this part of the song goes. Fuck it, just gonna wing it. And then he looked right through me as if I wasn't there. You don't understand, Maya frowned and pushed him away. Standing up, she made her way over to Remus as though he were the only other person there at the river. She sighed and sat down beside him, instinctively leaning her head on his shoulder, still frowning. Do I need to drown him for you? Remus asked with the smallest of smirks, not even bothering to take his attention off his book, though he tilted his head slightly to the side to gently rest it on top of hers. I'm sick of his optimistic view of everything. Just tells me to relax as though there's nothing wrong in the world, like I'm supposed to ignore all of the things I'm worried about. Sounds familiar. She sighed. Don't start. Sirius was trying to cheer me up is in no way like me trying to do the same with you. He doesn't know me. Not like he's supposed to. You. 
fair assumption, I suppose, except that he does know you. Just because he doesn't sit around and talk books and dreams and fears with you on a regular basis doesn't mean he doesn't care. He's just acting out because he thinks you fancy him, Remus admitted, and then sat back, watching her carefully. She shook her head, feeling herself blush. That's ridiculous. Not so. You look lovely today, for the record, he said, turning back to his book. Her breath caught in her throat, and her heart rate increased. She was used to Sirius's blatant flirting, but Remus was... different. When their eyes met once more, she couldn't help but think he actually looked a little smug. Why does he look smug? Because uh, he's because, smug. <laughs> because Sirius said that Maya liked him, too. Oh, I guess I didn't get that. Yeah. You look nice, too, Maya smiled, and Remus scoffed. What? She quickly noticed that not only was he the only one that had not stepped foot in the water the entire time, he was also the only boy who was still wearing a shirt. James and Sirius basked in their pale frames, and despite being exceptionally lanky and in dire need of sun cream, Frank was bare as well. Even Peter had taken off his shirt, eager to show that his leftover baby fat was edging away thanks to a growth spurt that summer. "'You're staring at me,' Remus commented, and raised a brow. "'You're still wearing your shirt,' she said. His eyes widened, and his face flushed as he frowned. "'You know why.' "'They're just scars, Remus,' Maya smiled sadly at him. "'Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. "'The most massive characters are seared with scars.' "'She reached over and gently touched the side of his ribs, "'where she knew three long, deep scars rested on his skin. "'You're beautiful.' "'Remus's brows knit together, "'and he turned his soft green eyes to her, "'staring with a look of wonder and confusion.' He looked like he wanted to say something, but couldn't bring himself to find the courage. So instead, he broke eye contact, cleared his throat, and smiled down. Who was that? Khalil Gibran. I probably butchered that name, I'm sorry. She replied with a disappointed sigh. Poet. Wizard? Remus asked, playing their game. Maya smiled. Muggle. And that's the end of the chapter. That was a short one. But who is that? So this is a thing. They did it a little bit in book one, but Remus and Maya have this thing where one of them will say a quote, somebody will say who said it, and then they say whether or not that person is a muggle or a wizard. So like there was a line from Oscar Wilde. So she said the line, he said Oscar Wilde, and she said muggle, and he laughed and said, no, wizard. So apparently Oscar Wilde was a wizard. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I remember that because I was like, wait, do you know who Oscar Wilde is? <laughs> yeah. I love Oscar Wilde. Weird dude. But, like, the importance of being earnest in the pic- portrait of Dorian Gray are both, like, classics. Anyway. But, yeah. So. We're seeing a little flirting. Seeing a little fun. And we are also seeing... Claire singing and actually putting some effort into it. So please be nice. I'm sorry, guys. It's really hard to hear with earbuds in and with zero backing music to base pitch off of. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Yeah, it's like uh, the continuation of this season of American Idol. That's all going to be their excuses now. Oh, God. No, because they were supposed to go live. So now they're <gasps> all singing in their houses and they're all going to be Skyping with all of them. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so clever. That- oh, my God. Wait. Did they finish filming Masked Singer before all this happened? I really hope so. I will burn this country to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> if the last fucking mask reveal I see is some Kardashian crony, I will burn burn this country. <laughs> no no i need to know who the fucking turtle is yeah that turtle's driving me nuts that astronaut the- is actually driving me nuts too dude i think turtle might win really yeah so like my neighbor said that after like episode one she's like the turtle's gonna win i was like nah, he was good but like not that good and then like we listened to other people and i was like nah nah bro he's not gonna win. I don't, mm, mm, mm-hmm. yeah no that voice though yeah we'll see still super bitter about the fact that my husband watched one episode of last season and went Oh, that's the bald guy from American Idol who had that really shitty band. And I was like, Chris Daughtry? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, that's not Chris da- Yeah. Fucking Chris Daughtry. <laughs> Still mad about it. Especially the fact he didn't even know his name. He was just like, yeah, that American Idol guy who had a really shitty band. <sighs> My husband, Jesus. people. Anyway. Well, that's our show. And I guess we should thank all of our Patreons. Yeah, that would be nice. So, holy sheet to all of our Patreon supporters because, and of course you're going to hear the clicking in the background because I am pulling up all of the information that we've gotten. So many of you guys have upped your donations. It is crazy to me, especially doing this. You guys are amazing. I am super behind on getting... um this stuff out just because things have been a little bit crazy as I'm sure you can imagine with working from home because when you work from home you never actually leave the office and it's horrible and everybody finally realized that I didn't have much to do and realized that I had extra bandwidth and so now all of my extra bandwidth is gone and they used it all and so I'm busy all the time and I really shouldn't be complaining because I finally have some sort of structure to my life again which is wonderful And I am very lucky and blessed to have that. But that unfortunately means that I have less time to do all of this shit. And this is not shit. This is good stuff. (laughs) This is stuff that I do for you. This is not shit. This is my magnum opus, my great American novel. I love you guys. Please don't leave me. It's not troll bogeys. It's not troll bogeys. That's not the right password. No, it's not. And um, I still have no structure to my life because I don't have anything to do because only nine... Except send your spreadsheet. Nine people have taken my survey. Yay, that's one more than last time. Yeah, but I need 67. So whatever nine from 67 is, that's how many more I need. <laughs> uh. Okay, so I can't remember when we last recorded but it looks like my notifications date back to april 4th and i'm pretty sure that is before the last time we recorded so 
I'd like to give a big shout out to Sandra Gilbert, who has upped herself into being a fox. Thank you so much. Same to Royzen Byrne. I know I butchered your name when you were a stag, and now I'm butchering it again as your fox. And I'm going to have to say it every week. So for the love of God, please send me a message and tell me how to pronounce your name. Uh, we also got a... Uh, it looks like Ryland also upped from Stag to Fox. Thank you so much, Ryland. And Olivia Amoroso and Danielle Chiapella have also both become foxes. Holy foxing shit, guys. We love you. You're amazing. Please appreciate my animal puns. If you don't, I might cry. We would also like to thank all of our previously charged uh, foxes for the month of April. We have... Jackie, Rachel, Carissa, Aguila, Rebecca, Chelsea, Ryder, Ashley Murray, Ashley Thurman, Brittany, Ashley Enstrom, Elise, Hannah, Jillian, Amanda, Martina, Miranda, Samantha, Therese, Olivia, Sarah, Sophie, and Claire. Thank you so, 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 so much. You guys are the bomb diggity. We love you. You guys keep us going. You help us pay our editor. You are going to help support us get to LeakyCon if this horrible, stupid Rona bullshit doesn't go away or does go away and we actually get to go to LeakyCon. Although, depending on how supportive you guys are, if we don't get to go to the one in Orlando, we may be able to afford to go to the one in Denver, which would also be super cool. But, again, all depends on the Rona. But, in the meantime, stay safe. We love you all. Please keep us posted with all of the funny Harry Potter things that you find, any reactions you have to the story. If you have not yet, if you have even just three minutes, please, 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 please go to Apple Podcast and review us. Even if you just give us stars, we appreciate it. We just broke 50 reviews, which is wild to me, but super awesome. Very exciting to see. We love having feedback from you guys because it really does help us improve this podcast we've gotten some feedback that we should be more streamlined and that you guys really don't give a shit about our, our personal stuff which you know what you're probably right you don't give a shit about our personal stuff so we will be doing our best attempt at trying to streamline that a little bit and making this more harry potter focused and if it's not harry potter focused it's just banter and not us going off about our therapists um, that being said, we are currently at cat move. You're in the way. I, I say that like she can move the screen with her face. We are currently at 17,000 downloads. 17,000. You guys are insane. We love you so much. We saw a big spike in March at 3,200 streams over the course of one month, which is our best ever. You guys are amazing. We love you so much. Please continue to listen, introduce your friends to us, and I will stop monologuing now because Kat is yawning. Yeah, well, it is almost like 10.30 here, so. That's fair. And, and for some almost... reason, even though I'm doing less than I was doing before, I am tired all the always. time. All the time. Actually, so, serious part of the podcast, that is actually a very, very common response to stress. Your body is, actually, personal story, I know we said we weren't going to do a lot of those. I went to the grocery store and almost had a panic attack. Like, constant sense of anxiety the entire time I was there. It was the first time I'd been to a grocery store in a month. And what I realized is that my body was in fight or flight. Because there is an invisible boogeyman out there who is hurting people. And it is scary. 
So your body may or may not be in a constant state of fight or flight, which is exhausting. So be patient and understanding and loving of your body. It's a hard time for all of us. Do what you need to do to stay sane and safe. We love you. Yeah, and don't be like me and think you're sick every time you go out and come home and like, wait a second, am I hot? Don't do that. Yeah, no, Don't no. Do that. Also, um, there are a ton of small business people who are unemployed as a result of the Rona and have turned to making masks. One of them is a friend of ours, but there are many others. Look in your community, see if there's anybody making masks. They can generally be bought for like $10 or less. Um, I know my friend who makes them, it only costs her about $3 per mask to make, and she is refusing to charge for them and asking for donations only. Um, I'm sure there are other people doing so as well. Please pay them as much as you're able because this is their only form of income during this time. But yeah, masks, and stay safe. Etsy shops count too because I've been seeing a lot of Etsy shops that have been making up. I've even seen Harry Potter inspired ones if that's your thing. Exactly, exactly. Mine is super cute. It has little blue coral reefs on it. It's very cute. I may post a photo. But actually, if you make masks, go ahead and post it in the group. Um, let's all support each other and stay safe. How about that? How about that? Catch me outside. Except don't because it's corona. That's right. Hey. All right. Love you guys lots, and we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Friday. Friday, Friday. What's that song that annoying girl saying? Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday. <laughs> Gotta get down on Friday. Yeah, whatever. Rebecca Black. Yeah, there you go. God, why do of all the things to remember? Why that? I don't know. What a horrible song. That poor child. <laughs> I've changed my name. The serious black. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts Thank you to those who support us already We wouldn't be here without you See you next Fire Whiskey Friday